Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, and on this episode, we have the CEO of College Baseball Scouting Network, Justin Volman. Justin started this company when he was in college, and he actually won a $50,000 prize from the entrepreneurship program while attending the University of Alabama. He already has 225 scouts across six countries working for him. He has signed contracts with two MLB organizations to come on board and help his company. The goal of this company is to really help each kind of level of baseball. So he wants to help high school players get into college, college players get into professional baseball. He also wants to help international players make the transition to come over to the United States to play college baseball as well. Pretty, pretty cool in such a short amount of time. He's able to groom this thing so much. Um, he's only 22 years old, and he also gives some advice for up-and-coming entrepreneurs in this episode. Um, very, very cool guy, and like I said, pretty inspiring. He's only 22 years old. This episode is brought to you by Blast Motion. Blast Motion is the best bat sensor on the market that captures bat speed, time to contact, attack angle, and how long you're on playing with the pitch. Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros says that with the Blast Motion sensor, I can easily track and analyze my swings. Seeing my swing data really is the quickest way to make adjustments. The Blast technology helps you improve your game, whether you are a pro ball player or a kid trying to become one. Head on over to BlastMotion.com and type in PJB25 in the coupon code area for $25 off. That is PJB25 for $25 off. And here is the CEO of College Baseball Scouting Network, Justin Volman. We are now live with Justin Volman, the CEO of Collegiate Baseball Scouting Network. Justin, the draft is fast approaching right now. Um, Who do you like right now in terms of the collegiate bats that are coming out of um, the college game right now? Sure. So, I mean, there's a ton of good collegiate bats coming out. Nick Magical is obviously near the top of the list. Um, Travis Swaggerty from uh, Southern Alabama is another good one. Um, and then the, the Bash brothers from uh, Wichita State, Bohm and Janice are, um, I think, going to cause some damage uh, in the minor league. So those are the ones that I'm looking at. And then on the high school side, I'm looking a little bit um, towards the northern United States and Canada in uh, Jared Clinic and Noah Naylor. Um, those are two guys that I think are, have been rising up draft boards and definitely uh, could, make, uh, could make some noise come draft day. So I'm in Cincinnati right now. There's there's one kid, uh, Nick Northcutt. I don't know if you you've scouted him yet. Um, I w- I watched him not that long ago, and there was about twenty five thirty scouts there watching him. He's a Vanderbilt signee. Um, at, any news on where you think he could go? Um, let me take a look. Um, not really uh, too familiar with him. I'm sure my, some of my Midwest scouts um, would be happy to answer that question, but. Um, in terms of where he could go, uh, my Cincinnati scout just told me the other day, actually, that he's, uh, like you said, lots of scouts have been looking at him. So um, you could definitely probably see him going in the top uh, top five rounds for sure. 
So how did this all kind of start out? I know that like the you're the CEO of the Cohesion Baseball Scouting Network. Kind of take me back um, growing up. Is this something that you always kind of wanted to do, or how did this all kind of come about? Sure. Um, so I worked. Um, I've, I've been a big Red Sox fan ever since I was a little kid. Um, I grew up in Hardy Yankee territory, so um, it was definitely interesting um, growing up in that environment. Um, but I've always been just a huge baseball fan. Um, I went to I graduated from the University of Alabama in December, and um, during my time at Alabama, I worked in a couple different areas of baseball. I worked for the Brewster Whitecaps of the Cape Cod League. I worked at um, the head the corporate headquarters of TrackMan Baseball in Stanford, Connecticut. And I also worked for uh, the University of Alabama baseball team. So I worked in a, a couple different areas of baseball and really saw that there was just not enough manpower to see all this different talent um, that exists, not only in the United States, but Canada and internationally. Um, so I really wanted to try to help fill the gaps and really bring exposure to players that um, might not get the exposure that they deserve and really help talent shine through and help players um, get seen not only on the professional level, but on the collegiate level as well. Um, and really help high schoolers find colleges or colleges, college players and high school players um, get drafted into the pros. So really just trying to um, bring exposure to players and um, make sure that talent shines through overall. So you just brought up that you, you're going to, you're trying to help high school players find colleges as well. Like how would they go about doing that? How do you guys go about doing that? Sure. So um, we've been trying to work with a couple different college programs. Um, one thing that we're going to be currently expanding internationally, um, we're right now we're in the U.S. and Canada, um, but by the end of the summer, we hope to expand to uh, the DR, Puerto Rico, um, some Latin American countries like Venezuela and Colombia, um, as well as Korea and Japan. Um, so one thing that we want to do is sort of create a pipeline of international players um, to the United States, not just draft people that get drafted or people that with MLB teams, but guys that maybe need a couple more years to work on their craft and um, improve themselves physically, professionally, and then become draft eligible, whether it's in junior college or, or D1 or D2 or D3. Um, so that's something that we're going to really prioritize when we um, continue to scout, expand internationally, is trying to help um, these international players that might not be the top tier guys, but maybe just need a couple more years of a collegiate strength program or um, some more more seasoned coaching to really reach their full potential. Um, so there's actually an interesting school in Northwestern Ohio that um, has one of the most international rosters that I've ever seen. Um, they have players from Belgium and Australia and the DR, Puerto Rico, Canada. I mean, they I think they had about 15 to 18 um, players from outside the U.S., which they're, they were either a small D2 or NAI school, which just goes to show that there's people out there all across the world that want to come and play in the United States, whether that's in college or pro ball. And I mean, it's just a matter of getting those people the opportunities that they deserve. Um, and then on the domestic side, uh, we really want to try to, we, we have scouts located throughout the U S and Canada. So we're going to be recording data on players that might not get on the radar of MLB teams, whether they go play in the Northeast or the Midwest or in the middle of Utah or something like that. So we really want to try to help players that might not come from um, the most geographically talented regions um, get exposure to college and professional um, programs. Uh, one thing that we've been doing to help college teams is we're going to sort of serve as their recruiting eyes and ears 
um, throughout the country. So if a player is located in Oregon or Utah, well, it's going to be tough, or even Canada, it's going to be tough for a coach in Florida to go buy a plane ticket and go see this player. So um, we're going to provide video and velocities and a range of other data points to college teams. So if they can get these players on these ra- on their radar, they can go say, okay, well, I've seen video on this guy five times. Now I'm going to go see him versus they might waste the plane ticket and say, okay, this was a waste of time. I'm not going to go back to Utah. It just wasn't worth the cost. Um, so that's sort of what, how we're going to help high schoolers and younger players try to get exposure in, at the collegiate level and at the professional level. Yeah, you brought you just brought up uh, what was it? U, you know, University of Northern Ohio baseball is that, mm-hmm. is that the name of the school? Uh, I think it's University of Northwestern Ohio. I believe is that. I think they're in Lima, Ohio, and I'm actually coaching in Lima, Ohio this summer. I'm coaching in the Great Lakes College League, so I'll be the hitting coach for Lima. So I th- I think they're in Lima as well. Um, let me take you back to. How you you were also talking about international players coming here for uh, collegiate baseball. Would that be tough if they wanted to play Division One because of some of the academic um, requirements? Because I know um, this school was NAIA. They had they're a little bit more lenient. And correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong. A little more lenient on who they accept, but of course, like, compared to like a Division One. Yeah, I can definitely see that um, being a little bit of an issue. Say going straight from the DR or Puerto Rico or um, Venezuela or Colombia straight to a D1 school. Um, so I think we'll probably see a lot of those international players when we start establishing those top pipelines, going to JUCOs first, going to NAI schools or community colleges first, and getting that, that education um, while still progressing themselves um, as baseball players and probably see them transfer um, to those D1 schools once they do have the academics um, to meet those requirements. Um, one area that I've seen a lot of Cana- um, a lot of Canadian high school players are actually looking to come to the U.S. because um, obviously they're an English-speaking uh, nation. Their education they can match up a little bit better um, in terms of those D1 educational requirements. So we've been seeing a lot of Canadian high school players um, come from Canada to the U.S. Um, one this year that's he's not going to probably go to college, but he'll end up being drafted in, and will be drafted in the first round is Noah Naylor. Um, he's really been flying up draft boards, and um, we actually had uh, one of our scouts up at the a Canadian showcase the other day, and uh, he was actually walked twice internationally or intentionally in a high school game, um, which was uh, something that my my scout hadn't seen that much before. Um, so there's a lot of talent coming from Canada, but also a lot of talent coming from across the world. So um, the more opportunities that we can give them um, to get their names out there or to get seen on the JUCO or NAI level or the professional level, I think the better because I think talent will really shine through once these players really get the exposure they deserve. Sure. Now I'm I'm also kind of looking at looking up you guys up right now. You have over 225 scouts across six countries. Um, how do you, like how do you go about like getting all these scouts from just just you? Sure. So um, at the beginning, I started the company about a year and a half ago, um, and at the beginning it was merely just. Uh, reaching out to as many people on LinkedIn as possible, contacting sports management professors across the country, and um, really just grinding and trying to find like-minded people that wanted to work in baseball and were passionate about the vision of the company. Um, thankfully, throughout this past year and a half, I've found people that are as driven as I am, and my management team has been instrumental in making the company what it is today. 
Um, so we're at 120 scouts right now, but we're going to be expanding to 225 um, over the summer. Um, so what, since our since we've grown as a company, our methods of, of finding applicants have been a little bit more sophisticated. So now we use teamwork online for our job postings. Uh, we still reach out to professors and students across the country, um, but Teamwork Online has been a great um, way to find uh, applicants. We've had the job posting. We're actually, yeah, we're hiring our scouts right now, and we've had the posting for about a month, and we've had over 350 applicants um, from across the U.S. So there's just hundreds of people that want to work in baseball, and we're trying to provide them an opportunity to really get their foot in the door because um, we want sort of our system, to our company to serve as a stepping stone of people who are in college or post-grads that don't know how they're going to, they want to work in baseball, but they're not really sure how. Um, so we're hoping to give them sort of a, a way to build their portfolios and we train them all year long and uh, really make, give them an opportunity to get their foot in the door with MLB organizations. So we hope in three to five years, we have a network of former people that work for our company within MLB organizations across the country. Um, so I'd be really proud of that. And um, I'm just really excited. Uh, keep adding scouts and really finding German people that want to work in baseball. Cause I mean, it's really tough for a college student or even a post-grad unless they work for say their college baseball team or um, an independent league team or minor league team. It's kind of tough to get that first-hand experience, especially in the baseball ops world and the analytics world um, while you're still in college. So we're providing them an opportunity to go to a couple baseball games a week, record the data um, and make connections talk with scouts from other teams and really um, start building themselves into a, uh, a qualified baseball ops person. Um, and while, and they get paid, which is um, something I'm really proud of. We're about to finish our first season um, where we're collecting the data that we have. We've collected data on, I think over 3,500 3, pitchers and hitters um, and all of our scouts and everyone in our company will be uh, getting a paycheck at the end of June. So that's something I'm really proud of um, as a startup in our first, first year and a half of being able to pay everyone is something that um, I'm excited to be able to do and excited to continue doing in the years in the years uh, to come. So you're just having college um, college students right now scout everywhere. Is that, uh, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. So we have a, we have a variety. So we do have a lot of college students, but we do have some post-grads as well. Um, we actually, funnily enough, there's a, one of our scouts um, is located in the New York city area. He's actually an NYPD officer and, um, he's coming close to like his 15 years, 20 years in the force, and he wants to transition into baseball scouting afterwards. So um, on his on his on his time off, he's uh, working as a scout for us, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, we have people that are college students, post grads, um, people in their 30s and 40s. So we really have people that run the age spectrum in terms of, but they just want to work in baseball, and so we're really trying to provide them um, an opportunity to gain experience well by just going to a couple games a week now you also kind of said that you have two mlb teams that are on board um what does that actually mean that they're just kind of backing what you do or like how do how does that work sure so yeah we have two mlb teams under contract um we were very um lucky that one of the mlb teams was actually willing to take a chance on us before the season even started and um really just saw the potential in the company um, so we supply our MLB clients with data, video, um, velocities. Uh, we, we run a spectrum of data points that we collect um, from games across the country. Um, so we collect some of the traditional ones like scouting grades, box source stats, velocities. Um, but then we also collect <coughs> a lot of things that 
Um, you wouldn't be able to collect unless you were physically at the game, like swings and miss by pitch, hard contact to each other field, um, strike ball percentage, and uh, different stuff like that. Um, so we actually have a couple different layers of uh, like tiers of our service. So we have our, our MLB service. We have service we offer to agencies, college teams, collegiate summer league teams, um, as well as independent leagues, um, where we offer a variety of different data packages to them. Um, so for MLB teams, the biggest um, value proposition that we told them and biggest benefit that we've really provided them is we're really their eyes and ears on the ground um, when they're not able to get to all these games themselves. So, I mean, even if you had three area scouts in Texas, well, there could be 200 to 300 high school games going on a given April night. Um, so they just simply can't be everywhere at once. Um, so we're providing, we worked with MLB teams to provide us, like they gave us watch lists of guys they wanted us to see. And then we've worked throughout the year. If there's guys that aren't on their watch list that are draft eligible, um, well, then we'll, we'll let the MLB clients know about these players. And then one good thing about our company is we're not just focusing on draft eligible guys. We're looking at guys that are maybe freshmen, sophomore, juniors in high school, freshmen, sophomores in college. And so we're really going to hope to track people over the next three to five years. So we really want to track people from high school to junior college, junior college to college, and then college to the pros and really see, okay, these are the schools that are producing talent. Um, these are the schools that maybe players are going undrafted from, but are making some noise in the professional ranks. Um, so in the next three to five years, once we have sort of a, a larger data set, we want to see, okay, these are the statistics that correlate to success from high school to junior college, from junior college to the pros, um, from junior college to the D1 level, and really um, try to translate some of the statistics that you would see in high school or junior college or D3 and D2 and translate it to what it would look like, say, on the D1 level or versus that SEC school. Because, I mean, when you look at a player in the SEC, well, they play against some of the best competition in the country. So the stats that they put up are sort of weighted a lot more heavily than a player in D2 or D3 or JUCO. So we want to try to remove some of that stigma that comes with level of competition and really try to let talent um, be the overwhelming indicator of whether a player deserves to get drafted um, in the top five rounds or not. But won't that always have some sort of stigma in whether they get drafted or not because they are facing, I mean, not always, but for the most part, I mean, better competition? Yeah, I, I think that definitely will persist. Um, it's just a matter of sort of trying to break down those barriers and those walls um, that comes in terms of it. And I think that we've seen D2, non-Power 5, D1, D2, D3, Juco baseball really raise their level of competition um, throughout the past five to ten years. I mean, there's just only so many D1 baseball slots across the country. And, I mean, there's some very talented teams in the D2 level um, that are churning out prospects every year. And um, while MLB teams usually look towards the more talented areas like the West Coast and the Southeast, there's talented players coming out from the Midwest and the Northeast um, every year. So the more data and video and um, exposure that we can provide to these players, the more maybe that stigma um, will get chipped away a little bit. I mean, Mike Trout uh, was from New Jersey and he was passed by 24 teams uh, when he got drafted just because he wasn't seen that much in New Jersey. And that was he's maybe going to be the greatest baseball player of all time when it's all said and done. Um, so while there aren't maybe the, the aren't maybe the number of prospects that comes out of these Northeast and Midwest regions that do come out of the Southwest or the West coast or the Southeast, there are talented players. 
And um, we really just want to make sure that these guys don't get lost in the shuffle um, just because they play in the middle of Iowa or the middle of um, or upstate New York. And there's just not enough people, not enough, not enough time to go see all these players uh, in person. No, no, I, I really like what you're doing, and it's it's definitely impressive how big you guys have already gotten uh, so early on. How are you able to like pay all of these people since you are just starting out? Sure. So um, a couple of different ways. So we got revenue from our contracts with our MLB clients. Um, we've I actually won a, a startup competition through the University of Alabama um, this past uh, past March for uh, fifty thousand dollars, which was really great. Um, and I also, we've gotten some outside investment as well, um, in our company. So those have been the, the three main ways, um, that we're going to end up paying our scouts. And we also have a dedicated writing staff and analytics team and social media team, as well as a management team as well. So we really made it like an MLB hierarchy where we have, uh, area scouts throughout the country. Then we have, um, assistant regional supervisors and regional managers, um, for five, the five different regions throughout the U.S. Um, they check over all the data each week um, to make sure it's quality before it gets to our clients. Um, but yeah, to go back to your question about how we're going to end up paying all of our people, um, it's going to be a mix of the revenue we've gotten from our clients, um, the startup money that we, the the startup competition prize that we won, uh, as well as some outside investment. Tell me about that uh, startup uh, competition that you won. Um, I see it used fifty thousand dollars. Um, it was for, it was at the university of Alabama, like entrepreneurship program. Was that it? Yep. Correct. Yeah. So, um, I actually competed in the competition a year ago, um, in the student division, um, when I was still a student at the university of Alabama, um, when still the company was still purely really theoretical, um, in nature and just to see us, how we've progressed throughout the past year and see that recognized by the judges, just to see the future, um, possibilities of our country our our company was really great um and so i competed against um, many other great teams and great startups and um was lucky enough for the for the judges to um pick me as the as the grand prize winner for the community division so uh, i'm going to be in tuscaloosa for the next year um working on my startup and working on my company and really taking advantage of everything tuscaloosa has to offer so that was a really great experience just to be able to see how far my company's grown um, in the past year. Very, very cool. Very, very impressive on, on what you guys have, have already done. Um, I also see you guys have, have teamed up with a pitching mechanics uh, machine learning company called 3P. Now, I know the game is changing and, you know, with driveline and just, I mean, I was at the ABCA convention this year and and there's so many different technologies that are out there and and data driven uh, different facilities that are coming along right now. Is that kind of similar to what these other companies are doing or what does, what is 3P? Sure. So 3P is a really interesting company um, headed by Derek Peterson, a former minor league player and um, backed by Rick Pearson, a former MLB pitching coach, and um, Jim Duquette, former MLB GM. Um, it's really taking that motion capture that you would need to. So normally when you're going to uh, map the pitch mechanics of a pitcher, you would bring them into a lab and attach all different types of motion sensors to them and that then have them throw the ball and really see, okay, this is what their pitch mechanics are. These might be the injury probability, the points that we need to fix in their mechanics. So this is really taking it outside into the field. So what we're doing with 3P is we're providing all the picture video that we capture to them and they're running it through their system and they have a, a laundry list of, of 
points that they look for in pitcher mechanics that um, pretend to future injury risk um, and ways to fix it as well. Um, so we're really excited about that. It's just taking the, um, they partnered with um, James Andrews Clinic in Birmingham. So they're really doing some top of the line stuff where we're hoping that we'll be able to provide um, in, in the next couple of months, uh, pitch injury reports um, or pinch injury probability reports on pitchers across the country. And not only that, um, we'll try to help the, help the pitchers themselves improve themselves mechanically. So a high school pitcher or a college pitcher could, they could record open side video of themselves and submit it to, um, to, to 3P. And then 3P could run it through their system and say, okay, these are the, the sort of the points that we've, we've picked up on your delivery that could lead to arm issues or shoulder trouble in the future. And then these are the drills that you should do to fix it or the different mechanical tweaks that you should do to fix it. Um, so we're really excited about that partnership. We think that we can help um, pitchers across the country improve their deliveries and hopefully stay off the, off the operating table and not get as much Tommy John and then also help um, major league organizations um, invest uh, their draft picks and their free agent signings as much as possible. Um, that way, when they look at a pitcher in free agency or um, in player development in their minor league system, they can go, okay, we've seen, they can submit video to 3P and say, okay, these, we've seen these sort of mechanical tweaks need to be made because the, it looks like there's going to be um, a higher probability of arm injury because of the way his, of the way of his arm angle or something like that. Um, so we're really excited about that partnership. We think it's going to be really beneficial for both companies and um, could really be a game changer on the, on the pitching mechanics market and really help pitchers. And in the future, we're going to move to hitters as well and really helping baseball players everywhere improve their mechanics and um, take sort of uh, the cost that it would take to put them in a lab and just record it on a phone um, on the field. What so by doing that would that be like would that be some sort of like app you guys would kind of come up with or how would you do it without coming into a lab or it be just video? Sure. So yeah, it's a couple different ways. So yeah, they're working on developing an app, um, but right now it'd be just submitting video. So there's like a bunch of different things that in order to for the video to go through the system as it's still a work in progress that needs to be met in order to um, be properly processed. Um, so and eventually they will probably, um, create an app for players to just upload their video, um, to it, and then it'll go through the system. Um, but for right now it's mainly been, um, we'll, we're been, we've been submitting our video as a company, um, to their system to really get it off the ground and they're analyzing all the video that we submit. Um, it has to meet sort of a, a checklist of different, um, criteria for the video it has to be a certain level of quality. Um, it has to cover the open side it has to be certain um uh amount of frames per second and a lot of this stuff can be done on smartphones which is really great um so hopefully in the future we'll be able to make it a little bit more um to the public sector where um pitchers or um, parents or even students would take video of a pitcher and submit it through the app and or through the company and then get their their pitch injury report the pitch injury probability report Looking ahead and into, uh, into the future for your company, um, where do you where do you see yourself or your um, your company in the next like you know five to seven years? Is it going to be like a 
the scouting department kind of like I know like I know I don't know a ton about Fangraphs but I know like Fangraphs does a lot of analytics um would you want to be like the Fangraphs of like like scouting department yeah so we in the next five to seven years um we want to continue to expand into baseball and um really be collecting data on baseball players across the country and throughout the and across the world um and we can see ourselves definitely progressing into other sports as well be that basketball soccer um, football or hockey, um, we really want to become an, an international sports data provider um, and really be the boots on the ground, the eyes and ears of professional organizations across the world and really try to make sure that we find talent uh, wherever it is in whatever sport. Um, so that's sort of what the future looks like. So we're going to continue expanding um, internationally and domestically in baseball, but in the next five to seven years, um, we hope to expand to other sports as well and really become an international data provider um, for sports across the world. Do you have any advice for any other uh, up-and-coming entrepreneurs in the baseball industry? It's it's obviously very, very competitive. Um, you've done a great job in, in such a short amount of time. Um, you've obviously been hustling a lot. You know, I, I, Obviously, you're reaching out to different people and organizations. And um, If you could give uh, any up-and-coming entrepreneur uh, any advice, what would it be? Sure. So one of the biggest biggest pieces of advice that I give is try to surround yourself with driven people, people that it doesn't just have to be people that want to work in the, the field that you want to work in, though that helps. Um, but just try to surround yourself with people that are driven and want to succeed in whatever it is, be that baseball, medicine, law, whatever it is, um, and try to surround yourself with people like that, because they'll just make you better and they'll um, make you want to succeed more. Um, so that's been one of the probably the biggest benefits of my growing this company is I've just surrounded myself with people that um, want to work in baseball are passionate about baseball and are just very intelligent um, and driven human beings. So that's one of the biggest um, points of points of advice that I can give um, as well as just reach out to as many people as possible. Uh, You never know um, what uh, reaching out to someone on LinkedIn or through email can do. I mean, that's really don't be afraid to reach out to people to try to set up a phone call or set up an email. Um, people are generally more really helpful in terms of they're really willing to give advice and help young people um, or entrepreneurs um, really succeed in whether it's baseball or any business. Um, so really try to just reach out to as many people as possible and really surround yourself with as many driven people as possible. You've brought up LinkedIn a couple of times. Um, you really, I know I have a LinkedIn, but I don't really, I'll be honest, I don't mess with it a lot. I'm more on Twitter and Instagram and a little bit of Facebook. Um, have you found LinkedIn to be really like your main uh, kind of source for for helping you? Yeah, for um, definitely professionally, I found LinkedIn to be very, very helpful. Um, without, I'm very, really active on LinkedIn, posting our job postings or posting articles from the company. Um, or just reaching out to different people that I'm interested in setting up a phone call with. Um, without LinkedIn, um, that's actually how we found our data warehousing provider where all of our data gets stored and um, shown to MLB teams. Um, that's how we found a lot of our scouts. Um, that's how, how I found a lot of my management people. So yeah, LinkedIn's definitely been a, a great resource just in terms of being able to connect with people all across the country and all across the world that have similar interests to what you do, whether that's baseball, coaching, um, what really whatever it is, there's people out there, and LinkedIn has just been a, a great resource for me in, or in terms of finding those types of people. 
You're a Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, who's your favorite player right now on the Red Sox? Favorite player, uh, got to go with Mookie Betts. Um, he's been on fire lately. Um, top tier uh, outfielder for sure. I, I don't agree with the Mike Trout comparison. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's a little, that's pushing it a little bit. Yeah, he's Mike Trout is definitely in a, in a league of his own. Um, so, well, I'm sure Mookie appreciates the comparisons. It's, it's not in the same ballpark. But, yeah, Mookie Betts would probably have to be um, my favorite player. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. Uh, my my whole family is Red Sox fan. So it was pretty much uh, growing up in the middle of Yankee territory, which is uh, really interesting. We, had, uh, we would have uh, the Yankee fans at the bus stop when I was in elementary school telling my dad that uh, – it was child abuse to raise uh, a Red Sox fan in Yankee territory. So <laughs> I've been uh, pretty ingrained in my Red Sox fandom for a long time. How many uh, uh, games at Fenway do you get to go to a year? Um, so luckily enough, my uncle actually has season tickets to the Red Sox game. I used to go to more when I was younger. Ever since I've been in Alabama the past couple of years, I haven't been able to go to as many as I would like. Um, but I try to go to at least at least one or two a year. That's usually what I've been going to um throughout my life um lucky very lucky to be able to do that um but i would definitely love to be able to go to more and maybe once i'll be i'll be on the in the northeast on cape cod this summer so hopefully i'll be able to get to see a couple of red sox games this summer we need to get you to uh to a couple of yankee games too i'm a yankee fan so the bronx bombers baby yeah, I've been to, don't worry, I've been to Yankee Stadium for uh, for some Red Sox-Yankees games throughout my life, for sure. It's, I'm actually only an hour outside New York City, so um, I've, I've definitely experienced uh, the 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 charm of, of the Bronx. And I'll tell you what, we also, we, we need to get uh, get you guys involved with the Reds organization in terms of helping, you know, hopefully they can, you can get them on as a client because um, they need some help right now in that in that department. Yeah, I definitely would love to get every MLB organization on board. Um, I think that we're not by any means trying to replace MLB scouting systems. We really just want to try to amplify and supplement the current data that they collect. I mean, it's it's a tough job being an area scout um, for any MLB organization. I mean, you have to cover an entire state um, by yourself pretty much. So, I mean, you just can't be in every place at once. You can't split yourself to see five different games in one day. Um, so the more that we can help these area scouts really – use their time in the best way possible so we could help them find these D2 guys that are worth seeing. And then they could say, okay, I'm going to go check out him um, versus trying to go see, not wasting. They might say, okay, well, I could either go to the big time SEC game where I'll see 10 prospects or I could go to the D2 game where I might see one or two prospects. So we really just want to try to help um, area scouts be positioned and um, as, as best as possible and as data oriented as possible um, but, yeah, we really want to try to help every MLB organization um, find as much talent in the draft every year. So, I mean, there's there's 40, 40 rounds in the draft, and um, for the longest time, it's, it's honestly, it's been a crapshoot, really, for a lot of MLB teams. Some MLB teams are better at others than drafting, but, I mean, you look at drafts um, that are successful. I mean, a uh, successful MLB draft three years down the road is a team that had, an, like, two or three MLB players from that draft make the team in three to five years. So, I mean, that just goes to show that 38 of that of those 40 picks, well, they can be improved upon and we can help them hopefully find more MLB talent and really maybe get from three or five, three to five that make the MLB team. Maybe we can get 10 to 15 or 10 to 20 and really, 
start taking advantage of the the opportunities that the draft brings. Love it. Josh, Justin, I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, again, make sure to go uh, go check him out. He's the CEO of Collegiate Baseball Scouting Network. And again, man, great stuff. Um, love what you're doing. It's 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 interesting, and and the game of baseball is is changing uh, definitely. And and you're you know you're right in the mix, which is a good thing, I think. And it's it's just really impressive what you've done in such a such a short amount of time. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on today. Um, definitely great to talk to you over my company and a little bit about the LMB draft as well.